0: hey everyone tara here before we get going with the episode i just wanted to give you all a quick heads up we had a little bit of technical difficulties in this episode which is why it sounds like chris is calling from a payphone in the 1980s Uh, we're working on it to make sure that doesn't happen again but hopefully you love the show just as much as we did anyway hey everyone welcome to queerly recommended i am tara scott and with me as always is chris bryant
1: hello this is episode six and we are so glad to be back here with you all
0: all right chris how are you enjoying our polar vortex are you still freezing your ass off
1: (laughs) So we had record lows as did most of the country down here, especially Texas. But, um, oh my gosh, we had like minus 17 degrees, like the temperature, not even the wind chill. The wind chill was like off the charts, but, uh, I don't like it. And I have been, uh, thankfully I did not have to go into work those days and I was able to work at home. But oh my goodness, I was afraid my car. I wasn't going to start and we had so many issues with like ice and snow and wrecks and it was horrible. So I don't really want your polar vortexes anymore. I want you to keep them up North. I don't want them either.
0: (laughs) Nobody wants them here. And then we have a, (laughs) we have a problem here in Calgary where, well, I mean, it's some people love them and some people hate them. So it's called a Chinook and it's like a big warm wind that will come in. And Mm. so you can have like a 20 degree temperature swing in less than a day Or even in some cases, you can have it in less than an hour. And so it's kind of like one of the migraine capitals of Canada. And so I have not been enjoying my migraine, um, Mm. but I've been pulling out the real big drugs (laughs) Uh, by which I mean like uh, a triptan drug, not like a cocaine. I don't think cocaine
1: would help <laughs> my migraine. No so heroin always gets in a good mood, you know. Right? Just later. like a
0: little, 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 little <laughs> shot in the arm. No, 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 no. I grabbed the tryptan that my doctor prescribed for me. Not anything that is going to land me in jail or in trouble right. with child services. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, so I'm glad you're feeling better because I understand migraines suck.
0: They're not my favorite. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I cannot recommend. And I've been getting them kind of more this winter as our temperatures have been swinging. And I had to take some training for work. Uh, So in my day job, I'm actually in marketing and specifically in product marketing. So I've been taking uh, a couple more courses related to that. And at the end of one of them, the poor instructor was like, because you know you do your exam and I went back in just to say hey like pop back in the zoom room and just say hey thank you you know that was so great she's like Mm -hmm. what what was your what was the most useful thing and I was like I'm so sorry I have been like medicated to the gills uh, (laughs) so I'm gonna be going back through my notes and I'm sure it's all gonna be useful and amazing so yes fantastic times but hopefully yeah. by the time this episode goes up because we do record about a week before we post hopefully nobody's mm-hmm. freezing their ass off anymore and everybody's life right. is a little bit back to let's to say back to normal but like what does that even mean as we're entering the 12th right. month of of the quarantine times
1: well so you know i think so for example yesterday i was outside because i was putting uh one of my friends kaby draper came by and she helped me she did it all, really. Uh, I got a um, bike rack for my electric bike. So I'm very excited that I'll get you to ride that around in a couple of weeks, hopefully, if the snow and ice melts. But it was 37 degrees outside, and I was out there in just a hoodie and a pair of sweats because 37 <laughs> was amazing, but normally 37, I don't even need the house. Well, so that... it's all relative.
0: Yes, I have colleagues from work that live in the San Francisco Bay Area because we have like a little satellite office there. <laughs> and some of them were joining Zoom calls in like super bundled. And I was like, well, what's the temperature like there? And they're like 54. And I was like, are you kidding me? <laughs> Dark water. I'm going to go sunbathing. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's insane. But uh, yeah, so... I suppose, rapid topic shift. I'm sure you remember last episode, I asked our listeners if they had any queer gaming recommendations for me and specifically for gaming on the Switch. Because although, you know, we have the Xbox, we have a PlayStation, we have a gaming computer in this house. Apparently what I need is a handheld device to actually (laughs) game and then I will just play forever. And I got a few responses and I want to share it back just in case anyone else is looking for queer Switch games. So my friend Ed, who is lovely and has been enjoying the podcast, said, Hey, what about Stardew Valley? And I was like, Yes, of course, Stardew Valley, which is a game that I've played before, but it recently put out an expansion. And so I Mm -hmm. am excited to download it on the Switch and play it again. It is a like farming slash dungeon crawling simulator and you can also romance the locals and there are straight options and there are queer options and it's the most chill sweet game ever in the world and i highly highly recommend it it got me through a rough patch a few years ago when i just you know i was burned out at work and kind of burned out on life and because it's just the sweetest chillest game ever it's the perfect game to play when you don't have a lot of capacity (laughs) for much so highly highly recommend And then one of my uh, co-workers, who's also a really good friend, Sky, she reached out and said, hey, what about The Last of Us? And I was like, oh yeah, I probably won't play The Last of Us, if I'm being honest. I'm not sure if it's even on the Switch, but it is a, you're going to go and you're going to shoot a shit ton of zombies in it. But the writing is very good. And it's one that Neil loved. And one of the things that I love about him is that if he knows there's queer content, in something that he's watching or gaming or whatever but he knows that I'm not going to like it he'll make sure that I get just the nice queer content parts (laughs) (laughs) so I got to see the scenes in the last of us where there is this um teenage girl and her relationship with another girl and so yes definitely if that's the thing you're looking for go check it out there and then um Wendy sent a youtube video through from an account called nintendo edit it's called top 10 queer friendly switch games and i will oh. drop it in the show notes so that everybody can check that out if they want oh. um but the games that are in there that i have played and that i totally recommend are dream daddy which is a dating sim that is oh cool super cute where you're playing a dad who's going to like date other dads basically it's like which of the other dads are you going to end up with are you (laughs) going to be with like the the hunky gym rat dad are you going to be with the like soulful coffee shop dad are you going to be with the sweetheart fat dad there's one that's like still married and it's like that whole one is kind of strange so i (laughs) i think he might be a cult leader too i don't know like that (laughs) i don't recommend that dad other games and in they're included stardew valley like i just mentioned uh skyrim which is mm, i guess it's like you can kind of marry anyone so i sort of see why they put it in there but i wouldn't call it especially queer and gone home which is it's such a beautiful game it's kind of like a, i don't even know how to describe it i'm gonna say this wrong and some gamer is gonna correct me later and that's totally fine <laughs> if you want to do that <laughs> possibly even neil as he's editing this episode <laughs> but it's um the idea is that like you're this person who is going home i think you're kind of like looking for your family or your sister whatever. but like nobody is at home and you're going through and it's super creepy as you're going through the house but there are all these Ooh. artifacts and then it pieces together into like it's a it's a playable story is the best way i can think of to put it and it's definitely queer and I didn't expect where it was going to go and it made me cry. It's so Aww.
1: beautiful. It's wow. so
0: beautiful. So definitely, if you haven't played Gone Home, I don't care what platform you you have, look for it and just pick it up. It is so lovely. Um, and a couple that I saw in the video that I haven't played yet that I either bought or put on my wish list where there was one called A Normal Lost Phone, which looks like it's a story game where you find a phone. And by going through it, (laughs) something happens. I don't know. And then another one called Night in the Woods, which I don't actually understand what it's like or what it's supposed to be about at all. But the art style really got me interested. So that's a buttload of games. That is. If um, anybody has played any of the ones that I just talked about or if um, you have any other recommendations, again, please feel free to send them in to podcast at queerlyrecommended.com or send us a DM on one of our social channels because we'd love to hear from you.
1: And now this actually makes me want to play games. I mean, listening to your recommendations. I used to play a long time ago back in the day. Uh, We're talking like a real long time ago. You know, I had the original Nintendo and still do. I have the Sega Genesis and still do. And Pong and all the Ataris and things like that. So, I mean, I used to play, and and then I got into writing, and so I had to give something up. I mean, I can't stay up twenty four hours a day. I would love to, but I think
0: (laughs) eighteen is enough. So, well, there's a part of me that wants to just start chanting to you, "Buy a Switch, Buy a Switch," (laughs) but I, (laughs) but I also don't want your fans to come stab me because they are waiting for more (laughs) books.
1: So yeah, I went from three to two to one because I'm a gamer now. So that's what's going to happen.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Cause I do. I love to play. I used to love it. I have a, a, like one gaming system that has like all the old games, you know, like 300 of the old games, Donkey Kong, Pac-Man, all those. Yeah. And, uh, Galaga and Conga. And I love those or Contra. I'm sorry, Contra. Those are the games that I love to play. And I would play them for like a truly weekend friday night all the way to like really really late sunday night i was just yeah. playing video games on thought. because you know I, I didn't have anything else going on so now i am a responsible um writer and i have deadlines and i have to hit the deadlines. Mm-hmm. so but this makes me listening to all these games gets that little that rush that adrenaline rush you have you know when you when you want to play games and you want to do things like that <laughs> it's, it's coming back and so i'm like oh i must not get a switch oh, No, no
0: if it makes you feel any better, I will play uh, extra long on my Switch today in your Please. honor.
1: Thank you. Thank you. Give me an hour.
0: <laughs> right? I would do that for you.
1: <laughs> Thank you.
0: So speaking of listeners, we actually had a couple of other questions come in. And Kat Daniels had one specifically for you,
1: Chris. <laughs> oh, yes, she did.
0: <laughs> Peanut butter or Peeps? <laughs> you can only choose one. And oh. I have questions because I thought Peeps were just for decorating.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: in your mouth. pieces of heaven that's what peeps are peeps no. are and they they regulate them out so you have to wait for certain holidays to get them and so therefore you want them even more it's like what you can't have you want more so uh, I thought about this question I went back and forth and back and forth and I'm going to have to stick with peanut butter. I've been eating it forever. And uh, I just love it. I love it so much. And you can do so much with peanut butter. But with Peeps, you can only eat them. You uh-huh. know, maybe I should put peanut butter on Peeps. <laughs> <laughs> I know so I... many. So like last year, because of COVID, they didn't even make Peeps. What? But I But they stopped production on Peeps. And I was so sad. But my friends, Tiffany and Amy, sent me. Like three boxes of peek for my birthday. It was insane. I was like, mm-hmm. I don't know how you got them or who you killed to get them, but thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs> well,
0: I think you made the right choice because you chose the one that is definitely food.
1: <laughs> <laughs> is it is it? I don't know. You don't what I eat. Oh. Yeah, but it's all sugar and it almost has probably as much sugar as a peep does
0: is that an american thing because the peanut butter here doesn't have very much sugar in it in canada
1: what do you eat what brand um there's only one brand but go ahead what, well what do there, you
0: it, it depends it depends i'm not the one that does the grocery shopping in the house so sometimes jif oh. sometimes yes. uh sometimes craft oh. it just depends
1: what's craft i mean i know craft but i mean i what, what's the peanut butter they have a peanut butter yeah it has <laughs> the That's bears it on Kraft. it what no we don't have the hair i i eat Jif, like that is my peanut butter i go to it every time and it has to be creamy it can't be that chunky stuff what it's gotta be creamy yes we are no longer friends you're gonna have no friends left in this right? <laughs> i know i'm so picky God, yes, uh, creamy we were good on the Jif, and then it went downhill
0: i so if it's on toast mm. i can go either way it just kind of depends on the day. But if I am making a stir fry with like a peanut sauce, mm-hmm. then it has to be chunky because then it's better. Cause then you get the peanut sauce and you get the peanuts in the sauce.
1: See, if, if I accidentally pick up crunchy or extra crunchy, I'm very sad and I won't eat it. <laughs> I'll go back and get creamy. I just, you know, peanut butter is just supposed to be creamy. Fight me. <laughs> No. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, it's okay. All right, fair enough. <laughs> well uh we also got another uh question and our friend Kathy wants to know what is our favorite trope? Also, what is the trope or subgenre we want to see more of? So so
0: I'm gonna say this is specific to romance um even though i haven't been reading as much romance lately so i'm gonna answer the two questions separately so what is my favorite trope so in romance uh absolutely hands down celebrities i love Mm -hmm. celebrity romances especially if it kind of gets into the reality of what is it like to live as a celebrity, what are the risks oh, of um what are the risks of having a romance and are are they going to be out? Are they not out? What does that like I, I love the potential kind of around mm-hmm. that. And then the other one that I absolutely adore is age gap romances. And I'm not totally sure why, because I'm not in one. (laughs) Like (laughs) We are 14 months apart, (laughs) but I just, I love, I love reading them, especially when it gets addressed directly because there are age gap romances where it's like, there's 15 years between them and it's no big deal. And it's like, okay, well, that's cool. Like, I'm sure that's the experience for some people, but I love the ones where it's like, no, let's talk about it. Like, what are Mm -hmm. the realities of if we're going to get into this long-term what does that mean or even the ones where you know maybe the the person who's older actually stops to assess what has my body been through that your body hasn't been through and what does that do <laughs> to my right. confidence right. and is that a, like it just feels very real and the best of all I don't know why I love these but I fucking do <laughs> are <laughs> the ones Harper Bliss has written a couple of them where it's an age gap between a woman and her mother's friend and I don't know why <laughs> I think to me, just because I'm like, it's, it's just like, it's candy. It's like, give me this book. <laughs> Can the friendship survive this moment? Yeah, that, yeah. <laughs> And then in terms of like, what do I want to see more of? So it's, I'm going to actually answer not in romance because I, I'm still, I'm still reading romance, just not nearly as much. I want to see more uh, queer women in speculative fiction, like sci-fi and fantasy. I, that's what I'm really digging. I want to see more of it because I think what I've been seeing in the last year that's been coming out, including from some like large mainstream traditional publishers has been just fabulous. And I think, you know, the more we can get good fiction about queer people out in the mainstream is Mm -hmm. the better for everybody. Right. So what about you? What's, what's your favorite trope?
1: Um, I love, I love rich, poor. Uh I love rich for I like that whole dynamic, because you have somebody who wants to take care of this person who doesn't have as much as they have. But yet this person who doesn't have as much as they have has too much pride, and they don't want to take advantage or see like or seem like they're taking advantage of the other person. Uh So I like that whole Pushback, I guess, in that the whole thing. No, I'm too proud, but I need help, but I don't want your help, but I need your help type thing. And I don't want to date you because you have money and you can help me, things like that. So I kind of like that. I like the rich poor and because I like the whole taking care of things. Like I, it's a control thing.
0: I have a follow up question.
1: Okay. what right now? Okay.
0: Yes. Yes. Specifically to <laughs> this one. Cause I know you okay. have another, right. You have another trope you're going to talk about. What about billionaire romances?
1: um billionaire romances uh do
0: you I like them I have a red one do you, I so I know I've
1: read a billionaire
0: there are a lot more of them in romances with hetero pairings but I've started to see a few mm. pop oh. up in lesfic and I'm just kind of wondering like is there I have a hard time picking them up because I feel like there is almost like a moral squeaky in it like there's just something kind of morally gross about billionaires right it's like
1: yes yes
0: so I guess I was wondering have you read any and do you have any kind of feelings about that or is it like it's just a fantasy so who cares
1: um I think it's probably a fantasy so who cares I think we all kind of want I mean I I, for example like I wrote a book about winning the lottery because we all kind of fantasize about that you know and and so it's kind of like You know, we all have fantasies. Like, I would love to date this person, this this celebrity, this high, powerful celebrity person. You're like, I have a crush on that. Whatever. So I think it's more like a fantasy. You know, like Uh Brooke Wellington, I wrote in Temptation, She's a Millionaire. Uh You know, but she was never, I mean, she had a lot of money. She didn't never flash it around. She had a nanny. That was the love interest in the book, a nanny who was taking care of her son. Uh, She had a lot of money. She didn't really rub anybody's noses in it or anything like that. It was just like, this is the situation. I need you. I need to help. I need help. I need you to help me. I'm going to pay you to help me. Oh yeah! By the way, we're going to have sex. But it wasn't like we're going to have sex. It was just like just <laughs> happened. It wasn't like paying for anything. It was just it just happened. That was a love story. So that hits on my other one. So rich poor mm-hmm. and then employee employer. I like the whole boss dynamic thing. And I've I've written a few of those just because it's so taboo and it's um, it's just so interesting to read. And I think a lot of people write about it.
0: Do you feel? like they hold up or do you find a difference in reading them since the me too movement exploded
1: there is a difference uh, you can go back and read ones from you know prior to the me too movement and for sure you can tell the difference like i for sure have to be aware of it and i have to offer consent and be in situations where uh the characters characters are in a good place where they can have this consensual relationship so i i do I know that there are are issues and people, I think a lot of writers are being sensitive to that and they are taking care of of it on the page.
0: Yeah. Something that I thought was really interesting was, I mean, you you probably know, because I think everybody knows that um, a lot of the books that ILVA publishes originally started as fan fiction and then they get you know, rewritten or massaged at at the very least. And one of the authors that they have, Rosalind Sinclair, comes from the fanfic world where she's written some of kind of the most, insofar as you can have a fanfic canon, um, she's written some of the most like canonical Devil Wears Prada stories. mm -hmm. People really know her for truth and measure, which is just fucking phenomenal. It's probably my favorite fanfic. But again, it's kind of one of those, it starts off, Like it was written before me too. And so it's very much, um, you know, they get to, they start to get together while Andy and Miranda are together, but I mean, are working together. And I can still like, I I can get past it for that particular one, but she had an erotic story called The X Ingredient, which Mm -hmm. was turned into a novel that Ilva put out. And I was like, how the hell are they going to do that? Because the fanfic was written before me too. The original, the novel was published afterwards, but in the fanfic version, Andy starts to work for Miranda and kind of when she first starts the job, Emily tells her that one of the roles of the assistants is that they have to get Miranda off. and and, right which is one of those i mean like it's fanfic and fanfic you can kind of do whatever you want and that's fine and the and the thing that i sort of loved about that fanfic is andy is like well if that's part of the job i am gonna bring this woman to her fucking knees like she is (laughs) going i am going to rock her world she is never going to be the same again afterwards and that's basically what happens which again like i say it's kind of like it's it's fine in fanfic because so much about fanfic is about like going into the taboo or breaking boundaries Mm -hmm. but it's like okay okay how so for me it was like how can this possibly be turned into a novel and It was completely different. Like she fully rewrote it into something that I was able to get behind. Like, oh, okay. I can sort of, I can see how this works. And yes, even though I can't remember what she renamed the characters as, but even though the one is working for the other, the employee is the one who really ends up holding all the power Mm -hmm. in their sexual relationship when it goes sexual. And I thought that was a really interesting and clever way to go about it nice so yeah employee employer books i guess
1: mm-hmm. i'm down with that oh and what i would like to see more of i want to see some queer superheroes mm-hmm. like more books about that i haven't really seen any there are a couple. i know yeah i know that there are and and i have a friend who at one time was considering writing it and i know that kb draper has a series where it's kind of not res- not necessarily a superhero, but one of the characters um kinda has uh, and this this is also kind of a fanfic thing too, almost. It's kind of an an homage to uh Xena, which yeah. we'll talk about in a future episode. Yeah. But um but the character kinda has a little bit of a um kind of a superish power. And I wanna see more of that. I think I think it's great because, you know, Marvel and um D C comics, they have all these movies out and you know how much I love movies.
0: So Mm -hmm.
1: I just, I feel like I want to see more superhero queerness. I want to see more of it. I want to read more of it. I want to see more of it. I want more. Yes.
0: So there actually are a handful of superhero books that I've read and can recommend Mm -hmm. if you're into it. Um, So the first one is almost 10 years old, but it's called The Superheroes Union Dynamo by Ruth Diaz. Karina Press actually put this out. They are an imprint of harlequin i think so i'm kind of surprised that they put it out like that long ago that they put out um an ff story but Mm -hmm. it's a pretty fun novella uh, with somebody who used to be a superhero actually actually and her nanny
1: Oh, kind of- oh, holy cow, that strikes everything. Right. All the boxes.
0: Yeah.
1: Right. <laughs> I mean, it's perfect I mean. for you.
0: Um, it's short, it's cute, it's not gonna change your life, but I had a lot of fun reading it. Oh, good. Okay. Um and then a few years ago, Ilva did this thing called the superhero, no, the superheroine collection. Um, but they they were doing a thing for a while where they were releasing, um they were having a bunch of authors write um around a similar theme and then they would put them out together and so in this particular okay. case it's all around superheroes so lee winter wrote one called shattered um mm-hmm. that's i really enjoyed it but it's it seems to have been kind of a polarizing book because it is not a romance there is a mm-hmm. real good sex scene in it but like not a romance mm-hmm. um fiona Z has two that are part of the same series so the first one is called the power of mercy and the second one is called a lover's mercy and uh, there's uh, i'm trying to think of how to even describe it because it's it is a superhero book but it's also kind of a mystery it's kind okay. of dark Um, but it's very very good and then Chasing Stars is the other one by Alex K Thorne um, which I've read there's one more in the series I haven't read but Chasing Stars is also great and actually is going to hit on another one for you because (laughs) it's about a superhero kind of like by night but her day job is that she is an assistant to a Hollywood actress perfect right perfect
1: Yeah. yeah nice i thought you'd be pretty good with that Ah, good 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 okay well, that was nice if anybody else has any questions you'd be interested in tara and i answering in a future episode please send it to podcast at com or tweet it or put it anywhere on social media we'll find it tag us in it and we'll we'll be sure to answer it on our next podcast
0: yeah so chris what have you been watching and reading lately <laughs>
1: Okay, so since we've had this polar vortex, and I have been confined to the house, aside from the whole pandemic thing, uh it's just not safe to be outside in this type of weather. I have been watching television and movies nonstop. So mm-hmm. just this weekend alone, I watched four movies. Like it is Sunday morning, and I've already watched four movies in a weekend.
0: Whoa. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Thank you. And they were all really, really good. And I really enjoyed all of them. I watched, uh, there's a new movie out on Disney Plus, it's called Flora and Ulysses, and it's about a superhero squirrel, I'm getting (laughs) my little, I'm getting bits and pieces of what I want to watch and read, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, so it's super cute, I really liked it, it talks a lot about uh, family dynamics and and how, um, you know, when it seems like it's worse, it's actually a good example of how things can come around again and, and, and make everybody happy and so I really enjoyed that. I thought that was a really cute movie. And it's it's appropriate for all, all ages. And the little girl knows there's adorable. She looks like, to me, um, I don't know her name. Uh-huh. But she looks like, if you were to take the character from The Queen's Gambit and uh-huh. put her as an 8-year-old or a 10-year-old child, that's what she looks like to me. Oh. Yeah. So she's a great little actress. So was, that was a good movie. And then I finally watched uh, the live-action versions of Mulan and Aladdin both. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I loved all the, the movies that came out, the cartoons, the Disney cartoons back, I say cartoons, they're not really cartoons. <laughs> uh, back in the day, you know, when it, there was like boom, 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 Lion King, Beauty and the Beast, Aladdin. Mm-hmm. And I just, I learned all the songs. I love all the songs. I sing all the songs. So it was so much fun to watch the, the live action Aladdin with Will Smith as the, as Aladdin. So I got to sing. I got to just enjoy it. And it was cute romance i love it that was really fun and then i was looking for something else i'm like okay i gotta find something else because i have nothing else to do so uh (laughs) i found i stumbled on this movie and i just thought it was so adorable it's always be my maybe that
0: movie is the cutest
1: uh you know i i laugh so hard like it takes a lot i love to laugh and I, i laugh a lot but it takes a lot to, to get me to the level where I can't make noise, I'm laughing so hard, and this movie did it for me. <laughs> like there's this one scene, and I laughed so hard, I thought for sure when people say that they're going to pee their pants, this is this, this is what's happening to me right now. I feel mm-hmm. like I could do this. Mm-hmm. So I re- I thought that was a great uh movie, and it does have some queer rep because the main character, who's uh her best friend, her slash assistant, is is a pregnant gay woman, a lesbian, who um, you get to see her partner and the baby you know at the end of the film but um so there's queer rap but it's a super cute movie i just in general i loved it
0: it's so good it's so funny and it's so sweet and i thought like ali Wong is just fantastic oh yeah Mm -hmm. i mean everybody's fantastic in it yeah
1: yeah, great chemistry like everybody had chemistry everybody like flipped into the characters like boom 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 Mm -hmm. and i want to say because i just watched four back to back so i want to say no no julie janine garofalo plays a part in um, Flora and Ulysses by the way by the way threw me off because like really I, yes I was like what happened to her and then all of a sudden she's there and I go oh my gosh I think that I think that's Nina Garofalo but I'm not 100% sure because she looked totally different she's like great absolutely great and so I went on to the cast then I saw that she was on it and I was like wow Wow. Anyway, so that goes back to that one. But anyway, back to Always Be My Baby. My maybe makes me sing, you know, the Mariah Carey song. Mm -hmm. Always Be My Baby. So that's where it comes from. So, and you watched it too. So that makes me happy. So we both can recommend it. Not really, you know, recommend, recommend, but this is is a good movie for people to watch. Yeah, it's super good. Yes. And so what then have you been reading or watching or talk to me? Talk to you. So
0: uh still watching rupaul's drag race of course of course (laughs) course. uh and i gotta say i'm not mad about the fact that they had anne hathaway on to talk with all the girls and give them advice i was like wait 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 so now my like my biggest celebrity crush is on my favorite TV life. show. This is perfect. <laughs> this is all I need from life like. <laughs> I feel like I have been rewarded for going through this bullshit pandemic and being so good. And it was good just job. it was lovely. It was so good. I have been playing a shit ton of Animal Crossing New Horizons which <laughs> is not queer but i would say it's not necessarily straight either there's nothing to do with sexuality in it it's just perfect you're populating your little island you're taking it from a deserted island to you know a town with infrastructure and stuff and i uh wonder the the one thing i think is strange about this game is that so this guy tom nook brings you to this island he's a little raccoon i think um, mm-hmm. but he's like okay so um now you gotta pay me and i'm like but you brought me here, <laughs> and then he's and then, and then he keeps locking you into mortgages. Like you want to upgrade your home, and I'm like, "What okay, are you, but- the f- <laughs> fucking mob? Like, why are we teaching kids about mortgages right now with this?
1: We're just preparing I, them for life,
0: right? Apparently, I don't know. I think it's a little demented that, <laughs> that so I like I. And I've had to make decisions. Am I going to continue expanding my house, or am I going to like buy other things? And so I've been buying other things. But like, I think I have a five hundred and fifty thousand currency mortgage going at the moment, which is wow. a lot to put on <laughs> <That's>, kids. Like,
1: <laughs> it teaches them the value of money.
0: I suppose. It. I, I mean, suppose they call them bells instead of dollars. It's all about them. bells. Oh, but bells. they also have. This mechanic where you can buy turnips on Sundays um, and then throughout the week you get to sell them back to merchants and they call it the stock, S-T-A-L-K, the stock market. And I'm like,
1: that is hilarious. Again, we're going (laughs) to, what? Yes.
0: Why are we putting this on kids? I say as a woman in my forties, who's playing this game. Because they know they're just prepping our kids. It's demented. Uh, (laughs) In terms of what I've been reading, so, do you remember how in the last episode we had a two-part question from Melissa, and the second part was about whether we had read Last Night at the Telegraph Club by Melinda Lowe? Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So that is what I have been reading. And it's really, really good. It takes place in 1950s in San Francisco. And it follows these two girls in high school, one of them is Chinese American, and the other one is Caucasian American. And it mostly I, I haven't gotten so far that I've seen very much of So Lily is the Chinese American girl. I think the other girl's name is Kathleen. And I've mostly been seeing Lily's perspective so far. And Mm -hmm. it shows as she like in the newspaper sees an advertisement for a drag king who's described as a male impersonator and just like her super complicated feelings as she Mm. sees that. And what does she do with it? And then later on, she's in a drugstore. And she sees all the pulp novels that they have on sale. And there's one with two women on the cover and she opens it up and she starts reading and she's like, oh my God. And like, it's totally sucked in. And it's like, what do I do with these feelings I have? Especially when it gets to like, there's a scene where they're making out. And again, she's just this like mind blown 16 or 17 year old girl. And I'm very curious to see where it goes. So it is, it is YA. Mm -hmm. I am not sure if it's a romance it might be but I don't know for sure yet I've tried not to um, look too far into it I mean I think there will be like a romance and a relationship between them but I don't know what a happily ever looks like a happily ever after looks like for teenagers in the 1950s when it's illegal to be gay and so I also love that it does have like the Chinese American rep in it. Mm-hmm. I love that we're getting to see kind of what are what are the implications of that at that time and mm-hmm. you know while there's the the red scare and trying to dig mm-hmm. up communists and they the the the, the I'm trying to think of how to put this like Lily at some point kind of talks about or reflects on her family trying to to assimilate as much as possible that they're being good Americans because they don't want to deal with like that the racism or the scrutiny or that kind of stuff so um yeah so far I think it is fabulous and I Good. uh I'm hope I'm hopeful that I'll be done within the next day or two because it's a pretty um it's a pretty hard book to put down when I have time by myself it's very easy right. to put any book down if I'm trying to read around <laughs> my kids <laughs> Uh, which I think might be part of why, like, the gaming has been uh, so compelling lately because that's easier, I find, to just like pause and, and put away, versus, like, don't take me away from these characters who I'm invested right. in and I want to know what's <laughs> happening with them.
1: Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, then, so then, what's your big recommendations for us for this week?
0: Okay. I'm going to deviate from my norm because usually my recommendations are books. But this time it is in fact a game that I got on my Switch and it is called Later Daters. And this (laughs) game is so freaking cute. It's a dating sim and it takes place in a retirement home. And so (laughs) the first thing that happens is you have to set up your character and their backstory. And so you get to choose is your character presenting as a man woman or non-binary were they previously in married to people who like were they married to a man a woman or a non-binary person or were they actually never in a long-term relationship and then you get to decide what companion you bring with you into the retirement home will it be a cat a dog or a robot (laughs) 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 yeah which i think is kind of hilarious and then you just sort of go and there are all kinds of romance options everybody Mm -hmm. appears to be bisexual i play i think i played five times because i wanted to see all the story potential because as you as you sort of date or maybe just dating the pants, some of the other (laughs) (laughs) pants dating Um, as you do some pants dating with the other residents, you also kind of learn some of what their backstories are. And so, you know, there's Mariana, who is a black woman. I think she might actually be Afro Latina, and she had been married to a man, and she had been married to a woman, kind of at, at different parts of her life. And so she is an option. Uh, there's Blair, who is kind of uh, a scoundrel. He's a he's a white dude that's very interested in sex, uh, not. He seems like he has no substance at first and then every so often you see him say something like really lovely and supportive to one of the other side characters and you're like, oh, okay. He's just horny, no big deal. (laughs) Like he's shallow and horny, but has a bit of a heart. That's nice. There's Crystal who is a trans woman and depending on how you play, you might actually never learn that. Or if you get to know her at all because she's the person in the room next to you, then you get to hear more of her story about, how, like, how she came to, although she's known she was a trans woman for decades and mm. her wife knew as well, um, it's only recently that she's been able to really live um, authentically. And there's something kind of just beautiful in that story. There's another guy, Jax. He's an aging rock star and he has HIV. He's very open about his HIV status. And so I just love how inclusive it is like there's really Mm -hmm. and it's really is like anything can go like you can you can go for like a monogamous romance option where you only pursue one person and hopefully maybe end up with them at the end of the game you can choose to be single you can Mm -hmm. um, pursue multiple partners and that's no big deal and there's actually even an option where you can end up in a polycule which is like Mm. you can be in a relationship with like a, a committed relationship to multiple people which I thought was surprising and pretty cool. I got that option last night and I was like, holy shit, I didn't even know you could do that. <laughs> and I've been playing so, this so much.
1: Um, is it just you or are you playing like with other people in different, you know, no, or is it just strictly just the game? Just the game.
0: Just you, strictly in this game. It's kind okay. of like a choose your own adventure. Okay. It's kind of the best way that I can think of to put it. So for anybody that read choose your own adventure books instead of flipping back and forth, you choose your dialogue option and it will instead push you on to the next, like what happens as a result of that rather than having to flip somewhere. And I think the thing that I love is that while it's, it's quirky and it's sweet and it's very funny in spots, it is also very real. Like it doesn't shy away from the fact that everyone who's there has experienced some kind of loss. Like they've either had a partner die or there's someone who she and her her husband split up after 47 years of marriage or you know one of the residents passes away during like like mm. death is very much a thing because everybody in this game is in their 70s and 80s and even like when they're talking about Jack's and his HIV you know it comes up uh, his grief is around the fact that so many people in his community had died mm. from the same thing and so I love that it just does this perfect balance of joy and humor with the realities of life and because it balances it it never gets too heavy Mm. good so yeah fun yeah it's so fun i might play it (laughs) one last time there's a, a one other character i did not pursue and i just want to learn a little bit more about his backstory but yeah i played it as all three i played it as a man a woman a non-binary character who had been married to again all the options um (laughs) i just like i love how i love how flexible it is and i i love how it's just like no big deal right anything goes super inclusive and if you don't know about like, if you don't know about polyamory, the game will teach you about it or about why it's totally okay to be bisexual. There will be a thing in there about it. Um, because somebody you there is the option to ask Mariana when she talks about having had a husband and a wife, like, so were you just not able to choose? And then she talks about how like, it's a valid choice to be attracted to people and not necessarily their genders. And um, mm-hmm. like, it's just, it's so good it's so good so anyway if you have a switch if you haven't played it get this game it's not very expensive it's a delight um and if you love it let me know you can find me through any of our social channels uh, because (laughs) i i want to hear more people who have played and enjoyed this game too so chris what is your big (laughs) recommendation for the week
1: well, uh, I think that before we get to my recommendation of the week, uh, we need to talk a little bit about my story. Okay. so What's your story? Well, this week, I want to talk kind of about music. And, you know, music was instrumental in me discovering my queerness. And so I decided to kind of backtrack on my life and find not just the music, but the musicians as well. Like, when did I first discover queerness? And fully understand it. So, I am a child of the 80s, um, which is hands down the best decade for music. I will fight you on this. I will win. (laughs) You will lose. Everyone who figures in me is wrong. Why are we fighting? (laughs) I love 80s music too. I I, I I also was a child of the 80s.
0: Let's stop fighting.
1: So, okay, no fighting. So, that gets to all the listeners too. Like, I'll fight you on this. So I know that the 70s had, uh, they had some really breakthrough bands that put queer on the map too, but I just wasn't old enough to appreciate the 70s music. You know, you had Queen, you had uh, Ziggy Stardust, um, even a little, well, Janice Joplin, I think she passed in 70s, so that doesn't really count, but it was kind of sort of in the 70s and she had a queer relationship. But of course, I didn't know that because I was baby. And so like, I didn't really start listening to music until um, I was, it, it was in the 80s. And then we had, we had bands that gender lines were crossed. Like there were a lot of bands um, where the men, quote unquote, men had, they wore makeup, they wore flashy, bright clothes. And so they kind of looked however they wanted to look. You know, we had The, the Cure, we had um, Depeche Mode, we had Duran Duran. Oh my gosh, I was in love with Duran Duran. I had posters of Duran Duran everywhere in my, um, my room. And then women were a lot of the women, Pat Benatar and Chrissy Hines. And you know, they scared me. Like they they just looked really tough and I was like if I ran into them in the dark alley, I would be scared. You know, this was of course also I was younger and I didn't know any better. And music really was the place where I found queerness. Mm -hmm. You know, we had MTV, we didn't have the internet or anything. We had M T V, we had music videos. So you got to see that, you know, all these really famous people, it was okay to be different. It was okay to wear makeup if you were a boy or, you know, wear leather pants and just be hard ass, you know, if you were a woman. So there was a lot of, a lot of my education came from music videos. And so I, I, I kind of got onto that. And, and when I finally realized that I am in fact a lesbian, I went back to my roots. And so uh, music, it was safe. It allowed me to be loud, to, you know, scream out lyrics and, uh, and be okay with, with who I am. You know, they had the Fairs. I don't know if you remember all Fairs. Mm-hmm. You know, half the acts were gay, um, and I want and I went to like every single one I could go to just to kind of meet people like me because you know I'm in the Midwest and it's not a popular place to be gay. Mm-hmm. And you know, and I followed a lot of of different singers, uh, especially folk. For some reason, I really got into folk music, and and even if they weren't gay, I desperately wanted them to be gay. Mm-hmm. Like Dar Williams, she <laughs> has a very oh, yes. very Strong gay following, and it was funny because in one of her shows, she's like, "Cat's out of the bag," because she was pregnant. And she she goes, "Cat's out of the bag." I'm straight, you know. And so like everybody was like heartbroken. My chances are shot, you know. Uh, And forever, my true love is Natalie Merchant, hands down. I like, I just I adore Natalie Merchant. She's like one of my favorites, and and she has always been really oh, not you know she's not she is not gay, but she is an ally, and she has just always been super cool about LGBTQ. Um, And I really appreciate that. Uh, You know, and of course, you know, we have like the Indigo Girls and Melissa uh, Etheridge. And here locally in Kansas City, I was going to all the the local bands. And um, there's this one band here in Kansas City called Frog Pond. And um, I just love them because representation, you know, I had these four women. I think it was four in the group. They have since uh, split up. But, um, four women in this group and they were just great. I loved it, you know, and, and I, I would go to their concerts. I don't care where they were. If they were playing in Kansas City at the, uh, you know, down in the, uh, the Midland or if they were over in Lawrence, um, I would go to Lawrence, which is about an hour drive away. I would just always want to see them because they were my people. And the following, you know, of course I got to scope go out the audience because mm-hmm. these were all lesbians, you know, and I was so quiet and I didn't really want to, like introduce myself or anything because I'm shy and, and that's not who I am. So, anyway, so what I what I did for my recommendation this week is I combined all of that. I I wanted to find something that was kind of about my coming out and queerness and also music and how that's so inspirational and uh, so very important to a lot of people. And so I watched the movie Runaways. Tell me more. So, okay, so. It's uh it's kind of like they like I said we before, we have a lot of women in rock, but this is the first rock and roll band, all women band. I say women, but and this is with Joan Jett and uh Sherry Curry, and it's just the start of Joan Jett's um career. You know, she was very, very young. I think 15 when when um, they got into the band. And first of all, Kristen Stewart plays Joan Jett. I'm not a fan of Kristen Stewart. <laughs> we all know this. This is, not a, this is nothing new. But, you know, she doesn't, she's not as hard ass as I thought she should be for Joan Jett. But, you know, uh-huh. she's still okay. You know, it's just an okay job. But I was more interested in the storyline. Like, like, how did we break we being women? How did that ceiling get broken? Like, how, what, what was the path? that these women had to take in order to be recognized as a rock and roll band just as good as men if not better as far as the rock and roll world uh is concerned and so i just i wanted to watch this this movie and uh it it shows the hardships of it um rock and roll in general we all think it's like this great thing and it never fails every documentary that comes out about a band or a person you know it always falls back on drugs you know, everybody's drunk, drugs, you know, it's just, it's kind of like that atmosphere. And mm-hmm. so I wanted to find out if this was how it was for them and sure shit, it was, you know, it, the I'm sure it was way worse for women than how the movie portrayed them. Mm-hmm. Uh, women were still treated like trash in the seventies and I can't even imagine what they went through, but, you know, kudos to the rockers who stayed with it. And um, so that's why I, I chose the, uh, the runways.
0: So, was there anything about it that, that worked really well for you?
1: I think um you know because I I didn't really know I don't know a lot of the history behind Joan Jet you know and I knew that there was some. She's been sort of in the queer circles for a long time, but I think there was a time when she wasn't coming out as gay. She wasn't identifying either way. She didn't want to put a label on it. And so this is interesting because there was a, there's a part of the movie where it's a, a sweet teenage romance where, you know, baby queers are starting to have feelings and those feelings, you know, that whole feeling. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's a brutal truth of really of how sometimes dreams get in the way of of having it all. So it was kind of sad, but it was also kind of empowering too, to see the struggles and how that even with the awfulness of the music industry back in the seventies, and probably even to this day, how it is really hard for women to to break through and and make a name. But you know what? This this group really uh, paved the way for a lot of, of rockers, women in rock. So,
0: is there anyone specifically you'd recommend it to?
1: I think if you are if you love music as much as I do, and you don't really know the history behind it, like how all of a sudden, just women just show up and you're just like, oh, cool, they're finally getting breaks. You know, how, why did they, why do they have breaks? You know, there's always pioneers of everything. Every industry, even writing books, we have our pioneers and, you know, the authors who have, who've made it a lot easier for us to, to get our words out there for people. And I feel like if people want to know just how, women were able to get their start you know this is kind of an interesting document or not documentary but it's a it's an interesting movie to watch if you're into seeing how that has progressed how women have have jumped up and have got grown by leaps and bounds and I Mm -hmm. think a lot of it starts with the runaways
0: so cool
1: so it's kind of heavy but (laughs) but worth it I think, I think it was worth it. I really do. You know, it's, it's like I said, there's a lot, we all know about the drugs and rock and roll. We know about um, just all the, the, the evilness behind it, but then there's also, you know, a way to get dreams too. And sometimes, like I said, you know, sometimes dreams get in the way of having it all, but at the same time, you could have it all and maybe get your dreams as well. Mm -hmm.
0: I think that's all for this episode. Thank you everyone yeah. so much for joining us. We so appreciate yeah. um, you coming back episode after episode to listen. Yeah. And if you have enjoyed the show and you haven't already, please, please subscribe wherever you listen to your podcast. If you use Apple podcasts and you've been enjoying the show, um, we would love if you would consider rating or leaving a review Yay. because it really does help uh, discoverability mm-hmm. for other people.
1: Yeah, or if you want to connect with us on uh, social media, just search for Cruelly Recommended on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, or email us at podcast at com.
0: Bye, everybody.
1: Bye.